0: Hey there, it's me Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I've got a really special guest. It is Nikki Nash, and for those of you who don't, you will be getting to know her a little bit more. She is a marketing genius. She spent about a decade working for Fortune 100 brands and tech startups, and. She knows her stuff and she does it from a place of sincerity and love and really understanding how to build a loyal and understanding community of people who are connected with not just the product or services, but the mission behind what they're doing why they're doing this was a really fun conversation that i had with nikki i'm hoping that you will enjoy it and i'm hoping that you will take advantage of some of the resources that nikki has provided so make sure that you listen all the way through you're going to get really powerful information Hey, Nikki, how are you doing, darling? I'm
1: doing well. How are you?
0: I'm so good. I am just really excited to talk with you because people just need to be talking to you in general. And, you know, you are coming from that perspective of coming from corporate America doing marketing and now just rocking it and just doing your thing. And there's just so many questions that just come through my mind because I myself, even though I came from the government, it's not the same as being a professional marketer. And I want to get some takes from your lessons from the battlefield. And more importantly, how you've been able to transition and obviously certain things that people need to be learning and doing, or maybe not doing anymore in the digital marketing world. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So I am going to allow you to give a brief kind of 10,000 foot overview of why in the world would you quit a comfy, good paying job and just enter this whole scary land of um, being a solopreneur?
1: Yeah, you know, I spent a while in corporate, and um, at the time that I decided that I, I wanted to leave, um, I had found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family. And um, just quick fast forward, my sister and I both got tested for, um, the gene mutation that makes you at high risk for ovarian cancer. And we tested negative. Um, but my mom had tested positive and same with my aunt. And, um, it was just something real where it had me for probably the hundredth time the universe has brought it to my attention, but definitely like one of the most, uh, or one of the big pivotal ones that life is short and I didn't want to spend it in a cubicle and my desire to maybe be CMO of a company wasn't really what I wanted. It's just what I thought I should be doing and was a logical progression. And so when I decided to quit my job for entrepreneurship, it was to really do something that made me feel as though I was making an impact in the world, that I was um, doing something that I was excited and passionate about on a different level. And, um, ultimately for me, the, the right choice for me at that time was to, um, leave my corporate job to figure out what the next best step was for me.
0: Mm. You know, one of the things that I love so much about you, Nikki, is just to be able to be authentic about not just your goals, but understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing. And so often I see in the beginning of a lot of entrepreneurs is that they're just trying to chase a buck. And they're like, well, if I see X celebrity doing Y thing, I need to hop on it, and it's not really tied to their passion. That I want to ask you about: why is marketing specifically passionate for you? Like, you could have just quit and sold shoes, you or you could just quit and just done something completely different. Why specifically marketing?
1: Yeah, and for me, it's what marketing makes possible for people, and so I think there are so many women and, you know, especially cause that's who I tend to talk to, but people in the world who have stories and gifts and talents, and if they were able to share what they knew and what they experienced with one, two, three, ten, 10, you know, a hundred other people, and everybody was able to do that, there would be this amazing ripple effect in the world. And In order for somebody to go, wow, you have these experiences and expertise that are of value and I want to listen to you or pay money for that advice or knowledge, you have to be really a great marketer. You have to really have the ability to build strategic business relationships with people who want to hear from you and buy from you. And for me, that's what marketing is. And so I look at marketing as relationship building in the business world. And, um, it really felt as something that I could teach and help other people leverage as a skill and a tool to, uh, spread their message with more people.
0: You know, as you were telling the story, I was thinking about a particular story that went viral. I mean, things go viral all the time, but this was a particular story about this animal photographer and her story went viral of her dressing up her dogs and Long story short, it turned into literally overnight sensation on the news, 20,000 followers, and she went viral. And I was was, out of curiosity. I went into her Facebook group to see what's going on, and she wasn't selling anything. She wasn't selling anything about photography, anything about just animal services. It just seemed like she was just so interested in just having the attention and just doing nothing. And that's why I see a lot of people, they're literally just dropping the ball where you've got some attention, but you don't know what to do next. And I don't know exactly how we can kind of shake some people say, Hey, it's not enough to get attention. It's that next move. Next. Can you speak about like having people understand, like we need to have those momentum with having more awareness to our stories or what we're going, we've got going on in our lives.
1: Yeah. And, and I think what that momentum can be is slightly different for every person, you know, and and not everybody necessarily wants to be an entrepreneur, but you can absolutely, you know, if you have something that gets a lot of buzz and attention, you can capture the names and email addresses of the people who are paying attention to you and use that to continue to build an audience. And maybe um, you have aspirations to write a book. Well, having a big audience is important for getting a book deal if you wanna go a traditional route, right? Or maybe you want to be um, paid by businesses to promote products and services that you believe in. And so there's so much that I think people forget when, um, when it comes to building and monetizing a personal brand. And oftentimes people focus on, "Ooh, I want to get known. I want a bunch of followers. I want people to you know, know I exist or to watch this video. But on the back end, you can um, really build an audience. And then there are so many ways in which you can monetize that audience. And so I think it's about realizing opportunity and being able to move quickly to leverage and capitalize off of them. Because sometimes you may not know that a video or something's going to go viral, (laughs) viral, but when it does, you want to make sure that you're able to quickly respond so that you can have to your point, something that lasts beyond a moment.
0: Oh, those are really good. Now, when we're talking about lists, we're talking about email lists, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that people underestimate is the value of building an email list and having people who opt in to wanting to hear from you every week or however frequently you want to message them because, you know, real talk, I hate sending emails. I hate it when people send me emails except for, when they're really valuable. And there are people who send out really good emails that I open often. Right. And so there are others where I'm like, ah, I don't want another email. Please don't email me. But I think when you have a really amazing email list and content that you send out on a regular basis, that can do wonders for your business. And, you know, if you've ever experienced a social media platform go down or your, your experience getting blocked or something or where people were really into a platform one day and you built this audience and then everybody left it the next, right? You know, that's why it's so important to have people's contact information yourself, because if it all lives on a platform that's owned by another big company, then you don't really own it. You don't really have access to it. And if they close tomorrow, you won't be able to get that data and information.
0: That is a really good point. As we're recording this, this is October 5th, 2021. This is a day after Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram went down for several hours. Yeah. And, and that's
1: not the first yeah. time it's happened, but it was definitely one of the biggest times it happened where everything just was like an outage.
0: Yeah. It was so bad. Just a sidebar note. Like, the employees couldn't use their ID cards to enter their own building (laughs) that that's how bad it was and it's, it's so insane and speaking to your point about you don't own that list I'm sorry you don't own the not the list you don't own the platform like but you own your list right and that's really awesome. And I just wanted to say something, and I know you're probably going to talk way more about it, but I have seen a lot of people, they have a list, but they do this hook and bait routine where they say, Hey, learn how to become a great vegetarian cook. And then on the back end, they're selling keto products. (laughs) I, I see this so often where they think that, well, let me just run and just try to market to whatever's popular, but it's not really what I sell. And why in the world do we do that? I've seen it so many times. I've done it myself. Why in the world are we doing it? We want those emails, but we're not, we have to, why in the world, we not staying connected to what we really want to do.
1: You know, I think there's so much messaging out there around build your list and really think about what somebody would want to click on and what would be popular and then get them on your list. And I, I think that oftentimes unintentionally business owners or entrepreneurs or solopreneurs have almost dehumanized their prospective clients and customers. And I'm not saying like it in a, oh my gosh, you've dehumanized them in a terrible way, but it's almost as if people have forgotten that they're just dealing with other people. And it's like, use the golden rule, treat other people how you would want to be treated and like all these other things. And if you sit down and you know that somebody is giving you their email address, then be honest and upfront about what it is that they're going to get when they join your email list, right? And so for me, I try to keep it very, very focused. Like, here's what you're going to learn from me. Here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm only going to deliver these things into the world. And I can't wait for you know people to who really are into it to stay with me. And for me, I try to focus on quality relationships versus quantity, especially at the beginning. It doesn't mean that I don't want a whole bunch of people on my email list. But what I encourage people to do is if you can focus on creating really amazing content and trying to be the number one person in your space sharing content through email, then you're gonna have people that don't feel bait and switched. <laughs> you know, they don't feel the bait and switch because you're saying, hey. Instead of giving you vegetarian tips, you're going to say, "Hey, here are keto tips." I only want to talk to people who are actively looking for keto in the first place, and then I'm going mm. to talk to you instead of trying to convince people to to do something that maybe was never their intention.
0: Absolutely, and one of the things, like, oh my goodness, I know I know we can probably talk all day about email, but I, I there's so much other things I know we can talk about, but I will say this that one of the, the mistakes that I see so often is that the voice on the email is completely disconnected from the socials. Meaning that you're happy hip, and chipper, like lucky go, lucky on your and happy about on your socials. But then when you get an email, it's like do or die, you know, click the link and start this party now. And I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> I thought I was gonna have like this joyous, happy experience on the emails. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that is become prevalent
1: with email is that there are a lot of templates or structures that people teach and it's been shared with a number of people and not everybody has heard this or believes it, but a lot of people have been told, you know, you have to sell from your list. Right. And I think there's a difference between going, Hey, I'm going to send you this information. I want you to click here. I want you to buy. I want you to buy. I want you to buy and saying, Hey, here's some really great, amazing information. And if, and when you're ready for it to, to hit this goal or accomplish this, reach out to me and we'll talk, right? You know, it's, (laughs) it's a completely different vibe. And what I encourage people to do is to try to show up as the same person wherever they are. And I'm very cognizant of this because, um, how I show up on videos and things along those lines when I go live is very much how I sound in my book. All right. And I try to make sure that when I'm writing shorter form content, it still feels and sounds like me and you have to understand what your skill sets are and how you sound. I tend to do really well in long form content. When I'm creating really long videos or writing a, you know, 45 to 50,000 word book, I got you, right? But when I have to write a short email or a short, you know, post on social, I, it takes me so much more effort to make sure that I sound like myself because Mm. sometimes I'm trying to be efficient. And I don't want to lose my personality and the efficiency because then people, to your point, will go, "Well, you were so cool on this platform, and now I'm getting this email from you. And who the heck is that?"
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that. I definitely we, we're going to have to talk about your book, girl, because people need to begin it. But, 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 but to your point is, I think a lot of people need to understand that the voice is so important. You have to have like coherency. Um, between, okay, what my emails sound like, what my videos sound like, all across the board. So like, okay, I'm still talking with Nikki, even though Nikki's in print or Nikki, I'm looking at her explain something or, you know, we're talking on a live or what, whatever's going on. Like people want to know that they're still talking to, to the same person on different platforms or different, you know, modes or whatever.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And And what I would do is, is for anybody who's struggling with this, is think about where you show up as your most authentic real self and what medium or format is that, and then try to repurpose clips of that or transcripts of that or whatever it is across other platforms. So for example, if you put me on a tra- training, you know, you ask me to teach something or I'm gonna go live, I show up as myself because I can't help. I mean, it's just, hi, I'm here. This is what I'm <laughs> like, right? <laughs> you know. So when I'm trying to create social content, sometimes the easiest thing for me to do is to take clips from those videos and post that on social and then maybe transcript um, or, or transcribe some of it and edit it a little bit and put it in the post, right. Or transcribe some of it and edit it a little bit and put it in an email. Or you think about how can you get the same energy across? I'm a high energy type of person across a lot of platforms. And so when I write, I sometimes use emojis or gifs or something that will give people the same, oh, okay, I get the vibe that she's, she's sharing with us beyond just words. And so that's just a little tip that I would give people is choose what you're really good at showing up as yourself in that medium, whether it's writing or doing audio recordings or going live, Or pre-recording videos, whatever has you show up as your most confident self, and then take clips of that or transcribe it or whatnot, and use that in your other platforms, or at least as a starting point. And you can make edits along the way to make sure that the voice sounds consistent.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm loving all of this. And I'm hoping everyone who is listening is taking some really good notes because repurposing content will save you energy, and it will make sure that you're staying consistent across the board, no matter if you're wherever you're doing and wherever you're connecting with your people. Let's pivot and talk about market your genius. Yes. For those of you who don't know, that is Nikki's book. You got to make sure that you're finding it on her website, Nikki Co slash book. Go get that. But let's talk about why in the world you created this book. I mean, why can't just people just consult with you? Why, why create the book? Yeah.
1: So creating the book was a bit twofold. There's the personal reason for creating it. And then the the business reason for creating it from a personal perspective, I had write a book on my list for decades. Like I'm talking, I wanted to write a book when I was probably 10 or 11. It was like, I'm going to write a book before I you know, graduate college. I'm going to write a book before I'm 25. I'm going to write a book before I'm 30. I'm going to write a book before I'm 35. I finally <laughs> got that. I'm going to write a book and before I'm 40, woohoo right like yay it, it's a personal accomplishment for me from from that standpoint but for this book specifically one of the things i realized is that there are so many people out there who are struggling to monetize their message right and it's not to say oh i'm i'm out to make a difference in the world and you know some people wanna just focus on giving and and that's cool but you need to, for anybody who's like, I just want to share my message for you to reach more people, it's going to require some sort of money. Right. And so you need to be able to sustain sharing your message. And for those of you who want to leave your job or do something to, uh, share your message and your knowledge and your experiences with the world that also requires money. And what I've realized is so many people are struggling in the getting clients, getting leads, um, retaining being seen as an industry expert in those departments. And so I wanted to write a step-by-step guide that goes, Hey, here is what I want you to do in order to create and validate a marketing plan. It's, a marketing made easy guide. Essentially. It's like simplified marketing, super simple, super easy, and super entertaining. It's a bit like, um, having to swallow medicine as a kid, but your mom <laughs> gave it to you in ice cream. I don't know if anybody else had their parents do that to them, but my mom did that to me. That's what this book. It's like, it's like, Oh, I'm g- eating ice cream. It's delicious. What you just gave me homework. What you just dropped some marketing knowledge. I had no idea. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a fun read, but also, um, something that I wanted to bring to the world to make it, um, easy for people to understand and implement marketing because the reality is I can't work with everybody on the planet. Right. But I can reach so many people if they, if, and when they pick up the book. Right.
0: And I love the fact that you don't shy away and just talk about like real talk, (laughs) like who you are and what you've been. And I love the fact that you could just jump around different chapters and it didn't, doesn't matter like, oh, snap, I have to read it in order. And that's how it is in a real world. Week. Sometimes we just need to like focus information on one specific thing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say, though, that you know if you, have, if you just want to do some light reading, read it in order just because it's funny. Um, but I've made it so that each individual chapter is a standalone guide. So that if you're, if you are at a point in your business where you just need to focus on social proof and getting, whether it's testimonials or case studies or reviews for your business, then read that chapter, right? If you need to focus on referrals, then read that chapter. Um, But if you want to just kind of laugh and get get like stories, um, read it all the way through front to back. I've had a number of people say, I just, I read the whole book and like, I'm talking, 48 hours. Like, wow, you guys are, it took me way longer to write this thing than some people are reading it. They're like, it was just so entertaining. And then they're going back and going, okay, but now I know this is the chapter that I need right now. And I'm going to go focus on that.
0: You know, I love the fact you are not ashamed of asking people for help. (laughs) (laughs) You're not ashamed. And, you know, and I think in such a world where everyone's like, Oh, I can you know, I don't want anyone to know. And you're like, I'm putting myself out there and I'm letting you know that I didn't mind asking a whole bunch of people for help. Yeah. You know, when I wrote this
1: book, I, you have to know yourself. Right. And I knew I wanted to write a book and I Mm -hmm. knew that I was a procrastinator and I am a procrastinator. I just roll with it. I now lean into it. And It would have taken me forever. I procrastinated writing this book for probably a year, maybe a year and a half before I started writing it. And what I did was I got a group of maybe 80 people who many of which were strangers. And I said, I will write a chapter a week and give it to you if you read it and leave comments on what you, what resonated with you, where you had questions. And if you fill out a little survey after each chapter you read, just letting me know what your big takeaways are and what your questions are, or how to make it better. Right. And that's how this book was written. (laughs) So I I truly believe that people should ask for support and help and and do beta testing and focus groups and things like that, because that's how you create something that's fun and great. You know,
0: I I love how you put it all out there, because that's basically not what I commonly see from a marketer. I always see someone just trying to pretend like they've got it all together. They've never had any pitfalls and you just woke up and look fabulous and just made a whole bunch of money.
1: No, I make mistakes every day. I was
0: like in business
1: all the time, and I'm really transparent about it in the book. And I that's one of the things I wish in the industry more people just talked about failures all the time, Mm. because when I was starting my business, I would beat myself up. I'm like Nikki, you have a career in marketing. Okay, you're a career marketer, and what is wrong with you? Why don't you have a billion dollar business in two seconds like everybody else on Instagram, right? (laughs) Um, and, and so I failed a lot. And I had some successes. Um, I've netted out more successes than, than utter failures, but that's almost like a a statistical thing. Like the longer you keep doing the same thing, uh, the, the, the smaller failures you will hopefully see, um, until you try something new and then you'll, you'll start failing again. And I think that's a big part of marketing and business building. And that's what I, part of what I teach in the book is how do you have, a system for testing and validating things in a space where you're like, all right, well, this is probably not going to work the first time around, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to learn from it so that I can, you know, do the next thing.
0: I love that. I love that. I, you know, one of the things that I think you may have heard of the expression, fail fast, fail often, you know, and I, I think people don't really, get what that, that maxim really means is that when you constantly hammer and pick at it, of course, you're going to have some scrapes and bruises, but you're going to learn a whole bunch of stuff about yourself. You're going to learn about your market. You're going to learn so many different things that you wouldn't have otherwise learned by staying in the safe zone. And that's really a really good transition for us to talk about why we need, to get comfortable with people not liking our message. This is definitely something I've talked with my clients about, I know you've probably talked with your people too about where they're like, I don't want to be on socials. I don't want to market myself because they're going to bring out some dark, twisted secret 20 years ago that I forgot about or a a tweet I made five years ago and they're going to come at me and I don't want to to put myself out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, haters are real. There are going to be people who don't like what you say. But what I always tell clients and, and, and folks that I speak with about this is that you didn't start your business or start sharing your message for the haters, right? Like you mm-hmm. didn't go, you know what? I want to see, I mean, maybe you did, but more likely you didn't than you did <laughs> wake up yeah. and go, I would like to say things that really piss people off. I don't want to see how many haters I get. <laughs> I mean, who wakes up, somebody does, but I doubt that anybody listening to this right now is probably going, yes, that's how I woke up this morning. Right. You're probably going, wow, I have something to say. I really want to make a difference for these specific people and I really want to help them. Right. And that's great. And if you focus on that and know that some people are going to not like what you say, but as long as you're reaching and connecting with the people who do want to hear what you say, then it's worth it. You know, I'm sure there are people who can't stand me. I'm like, I I don't even care really. I mean, you know, like I'm not saying it doesn't hurt or it doesn't suck, but at the end of the day, I'm not creating a business for people who hate me. I, I didn't build this for haters. So, you know, I'm sure there, whoever your favorite actress or actor or public figure is, I guarantee you, there are a bunch of people who can't stand that person. Right. And that's just part of life. And so I always encourage people to focus on the people that they did create their content and business for, and to, you know, give yourself a moment to feel the feelings with the haters, but then just go, you know what, this isn't for them. Screw them, <laughs> move on,
0: right? <laughs> I love that energy. You know, I've always heard it explained to me that haters are confused advocates. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, have fun with it. I mean, I've seen people me- make memes out of like nasty comments. They've made video clips, you know, laughing and commenting to com- negative comments. I'm not saying we all need to do that. I'm just saying that you need to find a way that just makes fun of the experience that makes sense for you because, as your platform grows, you're going to have accumulation of people who are confused advocates of you.
1: Yeah. You know, I forget, I don't know if it was on Fallon or what show, but there was that show where it was actors reading, you know, comments of that people left about hating them or something, and they would just read them out loud and, you know, either laugh or react or something along those lines. Um, So it's common. And I remember listening to this podcast where this guy said, he shared every single review he got. And when he shared his negative reviews, the people who really loved what he did were like, what, I can't believe somebody left that review. I'm going to go leave a review right now so that it, you know, bumps up your score. that's ridiculous. Right. And so sometimes having haters strengthens the bond you have with the people who love you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was reading something about Jamie Lee Curtis and she, she was talking in the advent of, social media and whatever she was like yeah um i i am only on social media to amplify messages or to sell something but i don't read any comments whatsoever it's so toxic to me i believe that we do need to read comments i think we need to control how much we read of it i need to be mindful of how much we want to engage with it but i don't think we should totally ignore comments but i want to get your thoughts about that
1: you know i think it it depends um If you are in like the business where you might be getting Yelp reviews or something (laughs) realistic like that, like you should read your feedback and your comments and get, and get that sort of, um, I I guess reality check on the experiences that people are having with your products and services. But on the flip side, if it's social media comments, you have to do what's best for your own mental health. You know, Mm. some people may not be at a place where reading those comments is actually going to do something good for them. And so I'm always a believer of you have to do what's right for you, um, and if that means not reading all the comments, then don't read them. If there's, I think it was Seth Rogan who, for a lot of people who commented on stuff, gave them the f bomb back. Like everybody, he was just like f you, f you. <laughs> like if he didn't, if the comment wasn't great, you know, you kind of have to choose um, the. And I mean, you can feel however you want to feel about that response as well, but choose the, the, the methodology for people listening, like you choose the methodology that's works best for you. And one may, one person's response may not make you feel great. And you may go, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be leaving everybody F-bombs, but on the other <laughs> end, you, right. You may um, want to show people love. You may want to ignore them altogether. And so um, that's kind of my two cents only because I'm a believer of t- doing things that are for a purpose, right? If you're reading them and it's, and you know, it's going to bring you down a negative spiral and it's going to stop you from doing anything, then maybe not read them until you're at a state where you can read them and, and have no attachment to what they actually
0: say. Mm. I really love how you have it boiled down to the uniqueness of like each person and what your business is. I, I think about specifically my Twitter account, my personal Twitter account, and it gets a little rowdy and I've made decisions to just immediately block and mute. And sometimes I'll make fun of a comment. Like that's just, that's just my, how I roll. I don't have that same energy on my LinkedIn account. You know, for the most part, I'll just, if someone says something negative or something that I disagree with, I can delete it. But more often than not, I just hit the thumb up, thumbs up button because what I realize is that if somebody is reacting or commenting, that means that my reach has like expanded. Yeah. And so I'm... I think we yeah, need to to think of it from that flip side. I'm sorry, Nikki.
1: Oh no, I was just gonna say I agree with you. I think the pure fact that somebody, even if they're a hater, took the time to write something. Well, they just took the time to write something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, thank you for your time and energy. I apparently put, I moved you or reached you enough to get a response. And so, um, it may not have been the response I wanted. So now I may need to adjust my targeting or where, like how I'm trying to reach people slightly, maybe the hashtags I'm using. So I get fewer haters and I'm really more on point with who I'm trying to speak to. Right. You know, it's all learning. Um, but yeah, I try to, I try to get to a point where I don't make any decisions until I know the decision won't be emotionally charged.
0: Mm, That's really good. (laughs) I mean, I, it, you're never going to have a hater free experience, but let's manage our energy along the way. I think that's a great summary. Yep. I want to talk with you about viral content, viral video, viral TikTok to our Instagram, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I see a lot of people trying to go viral And I have my own thoughts on it's a double-edged sword, but I want to get your thoughts about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that
1: going viral can be a strategy for people, but it has to be a strategy. And well, I'll put it two ways. One, you can't always control going viral. And two, if you're really trying to go viral, you should have a real strategic reason for doing it. Because the reality is most people don't need Especially if you're in a solopreneur or a service-based business or things like that, you don't need a million people to see something you posted or you don't need a million clients, right? There are Mm -hmm. people who have like a hundred followers and they're making more money than people who have a hundred thousand followers from social media because they have the right followers and they're sharing a very specific message and they have a very specific offer and people are on board, right? Right. And so, for me, I, I almost wanted would tell people to take a step back and go, "Why the heck do you want to go viral in the first place? Is it a vanity thing?" And it's cool, like it. And I don't mean vanity in a mean way, but like, is is it because it would sound good or look good to have a viral video? Okay, cool. Is it because you have a belief that you need to go viral in order to get clients? All right, well, let's dive into that. Is that true? And then, if you, if you- dive down into it and you go, yes, I need to go viral. I want to go viral. Okay. Well then let's think about that and and use that as something that you're going to use to grow your business or your brand or something like that. I mean, if you're an influencer or you're in the business of, you know, I don't know, getting on PR and, and getting a lot of buzz in order to make money, maybe you've, you're selling your brand from that perspective. Okay. It might be important. Um, but for most people in the entrepreneur, solopreneur, creator, like preneur space, you don't need to go viral in order to see success.
0: I'm really glad that you broke it down like that because it's really about intentions and not just trying to w- ride the wave of attention just cause. because. Because yeah. that can some really bite you in the butt, like when we're talking about viral, perhaps 25 to percent of these new followers are trolls. Okay, congrats. You've inherited 25% trolls than you otherwise didn't have.
1: Yeah, or or sometimes, and I have friends who have had viral videos, but it wasn't at all at all in alignment with their business. It's just mm. something they did happen to go viral, and then they have all these new followers, and you're like, That's not even what my account's about, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not even what my business is about. They're not haters, they're just not the right people, and so you know, it's similar to what you said earlier about, Oh, I'm going to loop, bring you in with uh, veganism. And then I'm going to hit you with the keto, right? It's like, what yeah. <laughs> you know? you, you want to make sure that if you are creating something that gets in front of a lot of people, it's relevant to you. You know, if mm. I go viral for, I'm making this up, but like something to do with, I don't know, but relationships or like marriage or something, I'm not married and I'm not in a relationship, but let's say I went viral on something like that. That's cool. That has nothing to do with my business. That is not helpful. You know, if I go viral because of something that happened at the gym, cool. Nothing to do with my business though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think we constantly have to remind people about like staying on point with your messaging and, I remember in the beginning of my business and a lot of people who might be listening, maybe might, might be in their head where uh, one day I was talking about my business and the next day I talked about having a dog bark and wake me up. And the next day I might talk about my kid and then go back to talk about my business. And so I'm like all over the place because we thought that, well, I see other people talk about their lives and then it just kind of devolves into a personal account. What I'm basically trying to say is how can we keep ourselves staying focused on our messaging while also showing the personal side of us? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: the first thing that I would encourage people to do is get clear on the one type of person or person like persona that they want to buy their products and services and the one problem they're solving for and the one thing they ultimately want people to do Right, like simplify. And focus on your goals and your desires, right? And if you know that you are gonna be, I'm making this up, but like the mindset person for you know, or very specific, like I'm gonna talk about transforming the way you perceive or think about money specifically for entrepreneurs that are already making six figures. I'm making this up. This is not at all my business, but like, if that's what you focus on, then that's all I want you to talk about. Right. And if you want to show your personality or your personal side, you get to choose how much you share from a personal perspective. I'm actually an incredibly private person. I think that there are certain things that I'm willing to share about myself or about my life that has people go, Oh, I feel like I know Nikki. Right. But that's not my whole life, and that's not everything. You know, how many people can feel like, oh, I feel like I know Oprah, but you don't know Oprah? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have no idea what Oprah's like as a person. I can see what she, I may know certain things about her, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I know her. However, the perception could be like that you do, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm very clear for myself what I'm willing to share. I'm willing to talk about and share some things. Um, about like me and my best friend, <laughs> like because we talk about stuff I've had her on my podcast. We do stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm willing to talk about, you know, um, I don't know business a lot. I mean, most, uh, I, mostly I'm talking about business, but I may share, oh my goodness, I went for a walk to clear my head before I worked on this project, or, you know, this is what my daily routine is like, um, all in, all in the vein of showing people how to build a business. Right. And so you can show different aspects of your life, but you, you can keep it on point. And I know some people are like, oh, well, do you split your personal and your business account? I personally don't have personal accounts, right? I'm such a private person. I really don't share personal stuff online that much. Right. Um, but you might want to, and so you can figure out for yourself, does it make sense to have more than one account or to, just curate what you're going to share about your personal life on your business account. And so either is fine. You just have to choose what's right for you. But remember, if you're if any part of your account is business, you have to keep it focused on what people want to learn from you and, and what problem you solve for people. And any personal stuff you have to share through the lens of your business, right? Or or what you what you do for
0: your business. Lord, that's really solid. I, if those of you who are listening, were are like, I get what Nikki's talking about, but I little, need a little bit more clarity. One of the things I remember doing in the beginning of my business, I literally got a sheet of pe- piece of paper out, made a little tablet, a little table. And I'm like, okay, what I'll talk about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and pre-planning in advance, what I wanted to talk about specifically related to my business. Because that presented, prevented me from getting all over the place, but you need to figure out a strategy that works well for you.
1: Yeah. You know, I encourage people and and this is something that's popular. You know, people talk about content pillars, but essentially what you do is you just go, these are the things I will talk about online. These are the things I will not talk about online. I have to get laser focus. And for me, I, I was even in the uh, space of business. When I started mine, I was still all over the place talking, about different things, even though it was all business related, you know, at my core, I sell and teach and support people from a marketing perspective, but I would do things on mindset and I would do things on, you know, sales and all this other stuff that is valuable and important for business owners. But it took me off the path of marketing. And then I started being seen as more of a overarching business coach as opposed to a marketing person. Right. And Mm. so it's not bad, but it, it wasn't what I wanted people to come to me for. And as crazy as it sounds, writing a book allowed me to get very focused because I'm like, I can only, like like now I go, I can only talk about things that are tied to this book. Like, you know, like the chapters are my themes. If it's not one of these chapters, my butt's not talking about it, right? (laughs) And so that helps me stay really focused as well.
0: You know, one of the things that I think about is, I think about DSW, you know, designer shoe warehouse, right? I don't go to DSW looking specifically for purses, right? Or, you know, accessories, although they might sell it, right? Would you go for DSW? You go for shoes specifically. And I think it's so tempting that we're, in the beginning, we're trying to do a whole bunch of things and just be a catch-all. But people are really looking for us to be specialists in one specific area and not trying to be diluted and all over the place and i know it f- feels so tempting like well I, mean, I do i'm excited to talk about this other aspect even though it's still business related like no what's your thing that really lights you up what gets you excited and focusing on that and not drifting too off um, and getting into things that are related but aren't necessarily focused in i think just i love what you're saying like just getting back to that what do I really want to be known as and it it was a book that worked well for you but for all those who are listening you know find that anchor that keeps you focused on what matters most
1: absolutely and know that you can be known for something and change it later where you know what I mean like you think about actors some actors you know Matthew McConaughey was known as a romantic comedy guy for a very long time and you have to Focus so that you can build a name for yourself. And then you can pivot or adjust or break into an adjacent category. But when you focus all of your energy, it, it's it's like that um uh that that thing where if you have the sun on a leaf, that nothing happens to the leaf, right? But if you put a magnifying glass between the sun and the leaf, it burns a hole in it. It's because all of the sun's energy is concentrated on one place. It's like, you want to do that with your messaging your in your business. You want to be so laser focused on one thing that you talk about that you break through this metaphorical leaf, you know, this yeah. boundary into the world of being known. And then you can add other things to your repertoire or what you're known for.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's always opportunities later where you can make those pivots, you know, don't feel like you have to stay stuck in one zone, but understand that. You want to be known for something in the beginning and not just all over the place.
1: Yeah. Like most people who have an acting and singing and, you know, writing and directing career, they didn't try to be an actress, singer, writer, and director all at the same time. (laughs) They got known as an actress or they got known as a singer or they got known as a director or something. And then they added to um, their portfolio once they were known as something so that's the that's the general concept
0: you know I will say this one thing we got to pivot and talk about other things I as you were talking about on uh, Matthew McConaughey like now we're going down pop culture I was thinking about Chris Pratt and I was thinking about his days remember that show in Parks and Recreation Parks he and was R- like oh Chris Pratt <laughs> Love the, Chris the, Pratt the lovable stupid and Andy, I forgot what he was, but I was looking for him now to be like the super action figure dude, like ripped and muscled and it's like, what happened to Andy? But, you know, that's where he wanted to pivot towards and he took opportunity after opportunity. And I think for a lot of us, we need to realize that we may not break out to be that triple threat you know actor singer dancer, whatever we want to do but we can take one step at a time into that direction i think he probably always wanted to be a superhero who knew you know yeah. he's a he's he's anything he's, like, he's exciting sorry
1: <laughs> are you yeah. the president of the chris pratt fan club <laughs> Shh. Don't
0: anybody you <laughs> say it's very exciting especially when his shirt gets ripped off magically but I'll just <laughs> but let's pivot <laughs> if somebody if you could say something to somebody like oh my gosh I wish you guys would have known this earlier this is something super important what would it be Nikki like they're one of the things that I I'm so passionate about and I even though I do business because my focus is always now exclusively on mindset but what about you what is that specific kind of sub part of marketing you're like oh guys you really need to know this what would it be and what is and why Ooh,
1: my answer to that question changed when you focused it on marketing um actually maybe it didn't Ah, eh, it didn't Um, if I were to tell people something, um, that I would want them to, to know, it would be to really focus intently and be persistent and that, you know, you really need, especially at the beginning, but really, even if you're making less than, you know, six figures or, or $250,000, you can have, and probably should have one offer for one very specific audience that solves one very specific problem and one marketing plan, like one way to get clients and customers, one customer journey. And if you can do that over and over and over again and tweak it and adjust it until you go, wow, my one customer journey for this one audience and this one product is crushing life and generating, you know, six or multiple six figures. Then I, you know what, I'm going to add this other thing. And for some people's businesses, that number may be higher. It may be like, I need this one product until I'm making a million dollars, right? It, it really depends on what you're selling. But I, I think that too often um, people try to have too many lead sources and too many marketing tools and too many things early when it's really a great idea to do less better.
0: mm. Mm -hmm. Do less better, guys. We do not have to be trying to crush all things at once. And I know that for a lot of us, we've been taught (laughs) that, well, we have to present different angles and show different products. And no, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, For a lot of us, just getting really good at one thing is probably really going to move the needle and make you known as an expert for one specific thing, you know, and that can branch off into so many other opportunities. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it for every new product you
1: have, you need to have a new set of systems and structures, probably a new sales or marketing system and and funnel. You might need new team members or things. You might need a new delivery system. It's, it's like building another business, but I Mm. think so often people are like, well, it's just one more, it's just one more product. No, it's not just one more product. It's a lot of work. Um, especially if you're doing it right. So do less, better focus make magic happen drop the mic uh, <laughs> just kidding.
0: I'm forever going to be looking at a magnifying glass like never the same way ever again yeah it's so. like Nikki just
1: made me think about magnifying glasses burning holes in li- poor little leaves
0: <laughs> now look it now I want people to continue this conversation with you where can they find you What are you up to drop all the good stuff
1: yeah. So, um, I guess there's two things I would say. The first is since you're listening to a podcast, I have a podcast called the market, your genius podcast, um, where I share and, and do a lot of tips and, and tricks and strategies around marketing. And, um, as a fun little gift to you guys, um, you can head to Nikki forward slash magic And on that page, I have some, you know, free freebies. It's, it's like, how do you build that marketing plan and generate leads and, and what are some content prompt ideas if you're struggling to um, create content and and share your message with the world? Plus it has some info on how to get the book and when in doubt, you know, get the book. It's literally step-by-step what I've worked with my clients on and, and, what i how i built my own business
0: and it's it's a it's a good read get the book and get and you know what i'm going to be dropping all these links in the show notes so there's going to be no excuses i mean you can't come back and be like nikki denise i don't know where to go i'm like it's in the show notes people it's in the show notes
1: go to the show notes
0: <laughs> well is there any last closing thoughts or anything that's on your mind that you definitely want the world to hear from you
1: i am going to say you guys have got this. Keep it simple. Implement what you've learned. Like if you learned one thing from the show, put it into action. Um, because if you keep all the knowledge and magic in your head, you don't implement it. It doesn't help you as much as you think it will. Implement. Implement <laughs> I'm and you better tag messaging. Us
0: like- <laughs> <laughs> and you better tag Nikki or tag me or tag both of us and let us know what you learned. Yeah, Don't just be like, oh, this is great. Put it in a journal and don't share the wealth. Like share it with the people. Share it with us. Share it with everyone. Because we grow when we share. and We document what we are about to do.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, Nikki, it's been such a pleasure. We, we're going to have to do this again. This is like not going to be the end. I foresee many more beautiful recordings in the future. But thank you so much for joining me. And I'm hoping that you will be able to share more marketing magic out there.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: Thank you. All right. Until next time.